What's going on, worlds? This is Isaiah from Making It Make Sense with Isaiah, Theo, Vincent, and Danielle. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube page at Making It Make Sense ITV and listen to new episodes every Friday. And maybe slide into our DMs on Instagram. Or actually, just leave us a comment at Making It Make Sense ITV. Stay conscious and stay lit. What's going on, world? And welcome back to another episode of Making It Make Sense with Isaiah, Theo, Vincent, and Danielle. And today we're doing one of my favorite things, talking about some of the big things that happened this past year in our personal lives and the world over, um, doing a little retrospective. So, <laughs> I thought you were going to say one of your favorite <sighs> things, talking about Jesus. <laughs> Listen, okay, I liked it. <laughs> Not quite. I mean, I'm still figuring that out, you know, like who do I... Um, but what if, I mean, what do you guys make of this year? Let's start there. Like, what's your, if you could sum up this year in maybe a sentence, what would that be? Uh, it's been quite the year. A lot of shit's gone down this year. <laughs> Actually, really good. 2022 to me, I think, was the year of revelation. Hmm. Is it was the year that family, those who were family or friends, uh, their true authentic self was revealed. Because I'm in a part of a uh, stage in my life where I don't want to spend my time with people who are not genuinely present, who are not genuine, genuinely living in their truth, and actually about community. I don't want those like you know. I don't want an imitation community. I don't want imitation family and friendships and relationships. I want everything. I deserve authentic, authentic, authenticity. No preservative, please. I want everything real and organic. And and in 2022 for me was that year where I was able to separate what was organic and natural from the synthetic, fake, disingenuous bullshit. And that includes family members. My my um. My wrath doesn't discriminate. Um, <laughs> and, and that's what I want going forward in my life. I want people who are on the same page. That we're all reading the same book. We're in the same paragraph. We are in the same page, um, same chapter, same everything. And there's this synchronicity with people. And I, I, I think I deserve that at this stage of my life. And, um, and you know, I want to give that the same, the same thing I'm demanding. I demand that out of myself for other people as well. Because that's what 2022 did for me personally. Anybody else? Nice. I mean, I definitely feel that. Uh, I definitely see that. That's kind of more where I'm heading towards in 2023. It might be because you're a couple, couple, couple years older um, that you kind of got the jump on it. But um, yeah. I've <laughs> <laughs> but I literally was thinking for this upcoming year, I was like, you know, just really, not that I would even like give the space, but just really valuing that space and really trying to carve out time for those people that are most important, that have been there, that, um, you know, making the time for them. Uh, I would probably say in retrospect, 
one thing that I was kind of happy to see this year is how the the gay community handled monkeypox. And if you think about comparison of how we didn't step back and let the, like the government take care of us, we didn't let everyone like you know wait for someone to come save us. We knew because of what happened in the eighties. Um, we have to save ourselves. And we started to see that pattern again, starting to occur where, oh, it's not gay disease. And they were slow as fuck getting that vaccine out. And then we essentially mobilized on our own. We did pop-up shops everywhere or pop-up, uh, you know, clinics and vaccine sites. Um, we told our friends about it. We kind of encouraged each other to get it. And we were able to really turn that whole, it was really heading and I'm sure they could kind of touch on it a little bit more, but it really was heading at a dangerous pace um, in the beginning of the summer. And we we're able to curve that. Quite and I think people we, mobilized. We mobilized. And I, I was really happy and impressed to see that. And I'm like, yeah, you got us the first time, not the second time. Like, we're, uh-uh. <laughs> we go, wait, we know you're not going to come to save us. So <laughs> we ain't having it. And I was really, I love that for our community. I was so proud of us. Um, and yeah, that I was really impressed by seeing that this year. Um, amongst there's so many different things, but that was really, no, no, I was really happy to see that. Yeah, and to piggyback on what you said, also as you know, someone who was a provider and injected a lot of queer people with a vaccine, <laughs> it was actually very, it was a breath of fresh air to see the long lines of uh, queer people um, coming to get the vaccine uh, because. There were more people um, willing to come and get the vaccine, queer people to get the monkeypox vaccine than the um, COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. And it was a breath of fresh air because it, it people were taking control of their health. Yeah. There, was, um, there was already this outside stigma. And because of the outside stigma, sometimes it can prevent you from getting the necessary medical care that you need. Yep. But there was no stigma. There was no shame. They tried. We didn't there was, fuck. Yeah, we like, there was nope. no demonizing. <laughs> they came. Sometimes we were running out of medication, but people were coming and they were bringing their friends. And it wasn't yep. just one person. They were bringing their friends, their husbands, their partners, their sex partners. Yeah, I slept with Billy back and whatever, but Billy come in and get that vaccine. And it was so, it was just, it was, it just left you like fucking yes. Because society yeah. just wanted, you know, society and the and the false narrative wanted these people to get monkeypox and die. You you f you, you know you f words, uh, mm. but they didn't let that happen. And that I, I can see, I, I I'm with you on that. That you know, queer people stood up and said, "Not today, motherfucker." Nope. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like uh, yeah. First of all, it's great to be back with you guys in in 2023. Um, 2022 was a big year for me because I. I joined this team, um, this podcast, and it was a, it's been a, a real Aww. enriching, <laughs> enriching and enlightening. And some some of the guys I really like, and some of my hate. No, I'm know. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> a bit, the, the feeling is mutual. No, I'm just, uh, but um, no, and I want to I want to kind of like um, echo what you both were saying about the resilience of the LGBT community, the queer community. Like we also saw an uptake in the violence perpetrated against us. Um, another mass um, shooting, unfortunately. And, um, but we saw how people responded uh, that violence against anyone for any attribute, any characteristic, any 
uh, because they're same gender loving is uh, just utterly ridiculous. And I, I saw a lot of our allies stand up and speak up, particularly in faith communities, in the various faith communities, not just just not just Christians, not just Jews, not just uh, Muslims, but all across the board, we saw people standing up and denouncing the hatred that um, that was um, displayed in 2022. And I think that's a real good thing. I think we're getting smarter about the stigma and the, um, the hatred, the rhetoric. Um, you know, I was really surprised and elated to see how we did respond to monkeypox in comparison to how we would have responded to say HIV AIDS or syphilis in the past um, oh, decades. Yeah. And Danielle, I think you made a really good point. Um, even with all the violence, especially towards, you know, the queer community over the past years, especially because it's always been there. Uh, but how we responded um, over the last couple months has been really something to see as well. Um, also, the fact that, uh, you know, it's, of course, always tragic, but like, like that last one, um, I forgot the, the end of the year in the club. Right? Yeah, towards, yeah, that club. And yeah. all of a sudden, yeah, her, her and all of a sudden took out, took off the heel. Like you know, yeah, like uh, ally come yeah. there and like they go. I was like, yes, we. That's I'm like not to say that people haven't fought back before, but I'm like, I want these motherfuckers to get fucked up. I want to know like if you come in, I'm shooting in your dick, get out your fucking gun. Like I am going to gouge your eyes out. Like I am gonna make sure you feel that. <laughs> um, I, if I'm going down, I'm going to do as much as I fucking can to you. Did and you I think see there's that a... mugshot? Oh yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I was like <laughs> dying. Every um, homophobia. Dude, you just started like rat tat 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 then. Like that's the like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not because there's also that notion that for whatever reason they think that we're soft. Um, that we're going to lay down <laughs> and we're, we shall like, overcome. Let's be passive. Yeah. Oh no. Like no. Like, no. Uh, we are some fierce motherfuckers. So uh, that was also good to see a lot of that coming out this year too, where we're just tired of yeah, just getting beat on. <laughs> yeah, just fed up of being the whipping board of all of society, and I, I'm elated about it. And I saw, and I think language and uh i'd like to say language moved us forward our ability to um organize has moved us mm -hmm. forward i think we've learned a lot and i'm i'm not always proud of gen x my generation gen x but this mm -hmm. year i was i was proud of us for stepping up and um and also and the no fear like as far as like you we are still going to our brunches <laughs> we still love our brunches mm -hmm. we're still mm -hmm. representing and supporting um, you know, the drag community performing and everyone performing in the community, the arts and stuff like that. Like, um, every time you would think that it's, we could kind of sh like shut her away and be scared and like, you know, I, I'm just not going to go out anymore. I'm, and well, you know what? We're not going to let them win. Like, we just can't kind of do that. So, uh, yeah, it's been, I've been really proud of our community this past year. I mean, there's, you know, a couple moments here and there of other stuff that I'm not so proud of, but Overall, some of the things that we've accomplished this year together has been our community, really... like all communities, have some interpersonal work that we have to do. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. But mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm really glad that we are learning more and more about one another, um, and and are more empathetic to one another. You know, yeah. As particularly as a as a black trans woman, I'm particularly grateful for the understanding and empathy that I often experience at the hands of black gay men. I remember when I first came out 20 years ago. It was all about 
people were actually scared, giving real meaning to the word transphobia. People were very scared of, you know, transgender people. I mean, I, 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 spoke, I remember speaking to one or two um, gay men who were like, I'm, I was always scared of trans women. And da, da, da. Yeah, it's a real reality. And I'm I was one of those people. Talk about it. I was sure. one of those people. And I was, well, I think I've mentioned before, I used to be very transphobic. I used to be very nasty and very one dimensional and arrogant and ignorant. And I was very arrogant about my ignorance. And, mm. I, and it was a trans woman that had to check the shit out of me and put me in my place in a way that no woman, no person has ever had. And I thank God for her every day because she got me together and basically told me, listen here, Dr. Fox or whoever the fuck you think you are. And you know, cause trans people have a way male or female of gathering you up, chewing you up and eating you up and then <laughs> shitting you out. And, and I needed that for me to realize you are fucked up in what you're doing and in the way that you're thinking. And instead of being a co-conspirator to your brothers and your sisters that are trans, you are being, you're perpetuating white supremacy and uh, transphobia to your brothers and your sisters that are trans. So I, I, I know what that's like. And I, I, I used to be that. I really appreciate you being transparent. And I think it's just real that we naturally have phobias. Folks, folks naturally have phobias. Cool. I know some black people who you cannot stand white people, you know, and will use pejoratives all day long with regards to yeah. white people. I'm not so sure that's healthy either. Uh, I don't think so either. I, I agree and say it like I always think that as well where there's that strong hate towards and it's just as ignorant as like racism at times where it's like I don't believe in reverse racism that's not a thing but you could actually absolutely be prejudiced against white people um that is a thing um and that's the thing it's I don't think it's right. Um, and if you want change, you have to come to the table wanting change and wanting to grow and help someone that may not be. But if you come with that straight hate and want to call, you know, everyone is a cracker and the straight, I don't know, I, that, that does actually piss me off when people go that route too. Because I yeah. feel like, because usually the people that do do that are they're not actually even helping their own people not even just like white people but they're just sitting there spewing hate but they're not doing anything productive in their own communities to make a difference exactly and, so that, and that's how I'm <laughs> no i just want to say and i'm glad you said something isaiah you're going to say something but i just want to say it also spills over to those who are biracial and those who are in interracial uh relationships in our community that kind of hatred mm -hmm. spills over into them too so what were you going to say isaiah Oh, I was actually going to say, so um, being following the level of transparency here, so I really have to work on also then some some terms that I've just, you know, like don't use eight by 11s, try to say palm colored less, don't call them sun dodgers or bleach demons or, you know, blizzard bandits or any of those things. Those I'm not wrong. getting rid of Dom colonizer, so get it, get used to it. No, I'm not. I I also refuse to get rid of Alabaster Avenger. I'm keeping that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but yes, I do think I to follow on with that though, like humor aside, I do think it's it's you also have to there has to be spaces sometimes too where you can kind of figure out, okay, how do we 
push the narrative forward in a better way. So I, I understand that too. And I also, on the other side, I understand the, I understand and just through literal experience that the feeling of, of bitterness sometimes toward whiteness, but you have to distinguish it as bitterness toward bitterness and action rather toward white supremacy and not so much bitterness toward people who happen to be white, but that are not actually participating. Well, in because that also whiteness. is in their fault. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You just happen yeah. to be you just happen to be a sun dodger. It's not intentional. Like <laughs> but, but we all stand in that intersection like, you know, as a as a queer black trans woman, I stand in multiple intersections or I stand in an intersection that has race and gender in it. And I think we've we've become more wiser about um, how we operate in those intersections and how we are co-conspirators who others might not be in the intersection. And I, and I also wanna honor something that you, Isaiah, and you, Theo, have said, it sometimes is uncomfortable to have these conversations and to be transparent about where, where we come from, but it means so much and, and it's helpful to so many people because I never, I don't think, I think that's the first time you shared that, Theo. And that's surprising to me, but I'm so glad that you had that experience and you're willing to share that experience because I've always just seen you as nothing but, you know, affirming and, and receptive to me as a black trans woman. So I'm really grateful that you shared that and you felt comfortable enough to share that in this space. Good for you, Danielle. I would always seen him as an asshole, but, uh, you know, teach their own. <laughs> I love you. I love the you. Ain't nothing love changed. You. I'm still the same asshole from 2022. <laughs> <laughs> So you get a new back. room for Christmas. Oh, you said watch your back. <laughs> <laughs> watch your back. No. You know what um, you guys are talking about? There's something that resonated with me in terms of society. Um, and maybe it's because I, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm 37, but sometimes I feel like I'm 87. Like my spirit has been around for a long time. Like I'm, I'm really getting tired of society <laughs> and really tired of, you know, the way we view the most simplest of things and what we uplift and what we diminish and what we dismiss. This year I've seen us like, you know, try to attack trans people and, and, and I, I say we, because we are, you know, unfortunately part of the society. We try to uh, attack trans people and attack drag queens and try to center drag queens in a conversation that is perverse Mm -hmm. when drag queens have been nothing but motherfucking entertaining since the conceptions of drag of drag queens but society for some reason is trying to make you know you have people literally protesting which is something i would never have imagined a day in my life outside drag shows when there mm -hmm. are real issues out there that we can be coming together to address and take care of but we're focusing like a society is so unfocused. They need to put on their glasses or get their eyes checked by a good optometrist. Maybe that optometrist for the American society is black Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Praise black Jesus. It, it's just um, weird. Go ahead, yeah. Isaiah. No, no, I'm just gonna agree with you. It's just uh, weird. It's like weird flex, but okay. <laughs> weird flex. Um, I have to say, I think, you know, this year, 
I mean, two things majorly. Obviously, there's a, there's a lot that's happened this year, and I don't even want to take that away from just the past three years. For me personally, this has just felt like an, an, another year extension of 2020, but to a lesser degree, I guess, than the year prior. Um, just because, I mean, just when you think you are going to not consistently be shocked maybe there's a little more time between them then something else happens and you're just like oh my god but um roe versus wade being overturned this year oh Oh, yeah was i mean i'm trying to forget that as if i I, yeah yeah, i i I would like to too i think a man i'm trying to forget that imagine women yeah you can't (laughs) you literally can't right And I think, you know, and I just feel very like, I I have a lot less of a problem doing this than I used to, but it kept me kind of on trend of, okay, if you believe in something that's like this, that is detrimental to these communities of people, then no, I don't want you in my life and I don't want to know you. And unfortunately there you know there were there were some people some women too insanely enough that when you know that happened and you know we're all speaking up and stuff like that and you know everyone's not gonna like what you have to say but I just felt like I I don't the amount of women that have showed up for me in my in my queerness and in a, in a protective way to me it would be counterintuitive for me not to have said a word it just wouldn't it wouldn't make sense to me it doesn't compute um and having been mostly raised by women so it just didn't make sense for me to to not understand that but anyway that was i mean i think we all <laughs> feel ways about that um and then on the flip side of that, one of the things that was a good thing, but also the fact that once again, we had to have a law amended to protect certain communities is it just kind of really blows my mind. But anyway, um, it will never not blow my mind. But uh, the codification of the Respect for Marriage Act, which would- And interracial marriage at the same time. Interracial, right. Um, Clarence and Thomas won't let that go. And one of the things I want to say about that actually is, isn't it insane how you are so willing to stand behind a makes no sense cause that you will throw yourself in the fire? I'm looking at you, Clarence Thomas, um, and your own marriage and your own relationship because you need to uplift this this side of the, <laughs> you guys can't see that right now, but Theo just gave the appropriate finger um, to Clarence Thomas. I, that's insane to me that you're like, you know, I don't care if my marriage is, is, is no longer valid. Probably or, wants to know, fucking I'm, get out of that shit and he saw that shit. As Ro- as as he's like, you know what? Like, I, I see my way like out again, now. <laughs> but, like, but like, again, like, you you can throw yourself. Go ahead and sacrifice yourself and throw yourself in the fire. Don't uh, uh, all of us in you. My, you know all, all that other bullshit. You can't get a divorce. Like that will go against. His... 
Yeah, those morals. Yeah, yeah. So I like, don't. The best, best thing is to have that show returned. To, oh no, it's illegal. Oops. But you know. Bye, bye, boo. Oh, I'm so sorry. I guess we are no longer married. Unold. I wouldn't go if I if the consequence of this um, action that I'm going to say wasn't elderly abuse. You know, I would have fought. I would fight her. Like, we both are two 22-year-old boys. I would have stepped up to him and just like... Square up. (laughs) That's what I mean. But, like, then, you know, then you hit him one good time, and he's just like, oh, and you're like, oh, you you is old. If I (laughs) look at him the wrong way, his fragile... (laughs) That's real dusty. His little brittle brittle ass bones. Um, But, honestly, it's, it's... that was insane to me, but also I am happy that at the end of that, you know, and just for me being married myself, like I'm happy that at the end of that I was able to be like, oh, okay, all right, I gotta, I can breathe a little bit more for now. And I say for now because it is more than clear that we still have a lot. It's America, of they're always surprising you. There's like always a, something they'll slip in like a, America's like a Freddy Krueger movie. Every time you think <laughs> you kill Freddy, <laughs> there is nightmare on Imagine the Statue of Liberty just popping up and just taking a little chain from the balance and being like, I got you again. That's, your <laughs> that's crazy. America is um, a Nightmare on Elm Street series that's 400 years <laughs> in the making. <laughs> Nightmare, is, uh, nightmare. Let's just call it nightmare in America. Let's just number and over and over again. <laughs> a nightmare. Um, and personally, uh, this year was um, was transformative for me. I mean, I, I think it was. I think the last couple of years have been transformative for for everyone. And I think if if you don't think they have at all internally, then you're not paying attention to yourself. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, um, I, uh, well, I'll, you know, tell everyone uh, directly, but I'm, so I'm taking Lexapro and uh, that is being paired with Wellbutrin and it has turned out to be a, a very effective um, method for me. And um, I personally am really proud of myself and not to say that I'm proud of you best friend. I went bloop bloop and it was all but you know it's the that the coupling of that with therapy, with having conversations about what's happening under that's what's subterranean that's happening under the surface, right? And um and sometimes just like recommitting yourself to that, you know, mm-hmm. and understanding that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, you know, you have to, there's going to be times where you're like, okay, this isn't working. What can I do better? And I I had gotten to that place, quite honestly, where my anxiety was, was becoming crippling. And um, I just couldn't, it was becoming harder for me to, to compartmentalize and regulate things, because it was kind of like, they were just like bursting out. And I like, you know, um, and not that I still haven't made the progress of like going, okay, this should be a productive conversation rather than me like, you know, bursting into flames spontaneously and screaming at everybody, you know, when I get upset about something, but it's, it's more so now like, okay, I'm feeling this way. So what can I do about that? And, you know, again, everyone's journey is their own. You know, sometimes it's the pairing of those two things for me, it is. Other times it's, 
it's not and it's different for everyone but i'm very proud of myself i can see the differences in the way i communicate with people i see the difference too and not being anxious when I just make a solid decision to do or not to do something. I don't have this like lingering, oh no, should I not have done that? It's mm-hmm. no, I am solid and I feel good about, and I trust myself to go, that was the right decision. I don't second guess it as much. So it's, it's a journey, but that's Uh-oh. the rest of that is for another time. But, and the second smaller thing um, would be, well, not, not small either, but um the journey to really um to really be and i guess it's kind of connected to that but to really be all of the different parts of myself and be okay with that and to not placate myself into one space or one narrative and that's been a lifelong journey but i really feel like this year this past year like i recommitted to that and I'm going to be as kind and patient with myself as I try to be (laughs) with everyone else. Show Um, yourself that same grace. Right. I'm going to show myself that same grace and that same kindness. And I also realized that if I'm, if I'm not okay, if I need mental space for myself, if I need this amount of time for this, if I can't show up for this person, for this, I'm just not going to be hard on myself like that anymore. Because that's it. Yeah, you're going to do so much, and yeah. Period. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. It breaks you Absolutely. down. So, right. Thank you for sharing yeah, no that, and I trust you and your decision. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think you. I I trust me in those. <laughs> and you know, as we wrap as we wrap up this episode, I mean, I think that's a great place to land as far as us taking care of ourselves, self-care, you know, self-care is super important. And I don't think we all, I, I, first of all, I want to be very clear and offer my support to you as well, Isaiah. I'm really, I'm really thankful um, that you felt comfortable in this space to share so that others might learn so that we might learn from you because I totally learned from you, your vulnerability and your, your challenges. Um, I, I don't think I'm in the same space where I would speak openly, but you know, it's it's tough being LGBTQIA. It's it's not an easy life, and I was reminded today by my physician that life only gets more difficult as you age. You know, you start having health problems. You can't make money like you used to make. You know, you retire and you know, inflation and all those things. So it's important to have uh, a great support network, and I hope we are that for you. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. I appreciate that you share that. And I think maybe that's something we should explore and continue exploring and doing for the year for 2023. Agreed. I agree. I agree. Being this kind of vulnerable that you just uh, personified, Isaiah, uh, sometimes it alleviates a lot of the stress and the anxiety and the sadness and the depression um, because you cannot lean on those that you trust. And I appreciate that you did that because uh, we here for you. I told you, I'll drive all the way to upstate New York just to give you a hug if you need one. All the way <laughs> to upstate New York. We're an hour from you, relax. And one, oh. and one, one thing I want to add really quick to that, and thank you guys, I really genuinely like appreciate hearing that. I, I feel like when you, what makes things stressful to add on to what you were saying, Theo, is, is, hiding this like making something like secret and dirty that isn't actually i think that's the sickness 
of of a lot of things is making things secret and dirty and terrible and oh my god and this is awful instead of living it out as you're supposed to you know and this is part of my narrative this is part of my story this is part of who i am and i find this really last last thing i find that when i i've had just conversations with friends just maybe a friend i haven't seen in a long time and you know we see each other and you know we end up in this conversation about mental health and I'll just directly share like, oh, this is, you know, how my mental health is going. This is what I'm doing to combat that. And they'll share back, hey, actually I tried this medication. This didn't work for me. So I'm actually using this and I'm seeing my therapist this many times a week. And think about how we, we kind of dismantle the shame around that yeah. is by doing things like that. Normalize it, have conversations about it. Mental health, Issues I feel like are exacerbated sometimes by the feeling that the, the idea that you are alone and that you're only doing it by yourself. Or so no one else is experiencing this. Absolutely. And you also, and because it's also as important that you mention medication also, because there's some people out there who are really, because just because you're on medication doesn't make you sick. Um, yeah. Medication yeah. is just to help you. It's like a little multivitamin, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're deficient somewhere. But sometimes talking, there's some people who don't realize that, hey, or sharing, I need some medication. Like, oh, there's a medication to like help, you know, some deficiencies that I have in my mental health that to make me feel a little better or balanced. I say, yeah, let me tell you, because you have your Wellbutrin and what else? Uh, Alexa and Lexapro. And I have my uh, Lorazepam. That challenge, let me tell you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> And it is wonderful, wonderful, Dolly. wonderful. That was me. That was me smoking my um my fat. Like, that was so Edna mode, <laughs> darling. <laughs> but people don't realize that you know there's these things out there to help us. But with, but being open and not making um, mental health and medication be this monster and making it be this demon or something sinister, it, it is normal because all four people here are very normal people. In different in different ways, and we're also weird people in our own different ways. And I, you know, and I love me some weird people. We are all part of the same clan, and we can deconstruct those ugliness for twenty twenty three for ourselves and for other people around us. <laughs> well, I'll make myself king weird. <laughs> of course, king. <laughs> and with that, I think we should end the episode and. Um, Wish everyone a happy new year. And uh, um, I don't know. What else do you say? Happy new year and what else? <laughs> or just happy new year? Well, happy new well, year. Uh, <laughs> see you in the new year. But we're already like in. Mm. Uh, <laughs> all of those things. And, and I hope we have a productive new year. Yes. Yeah. Productive new year. Absolutely. Until and next time. Until next time. Until next time, people. <laughs> Until next time, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs>